Welcome to the Big Heart Business Show. My name is Carrie Shepard, business strategist, philanthropist, and believer. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs be more, do more, and give more beyond their business, and to do it with more heart and less hustle. Each week on the show, I'll be here with a message or interview from a powerhouse entrepreneur that has built their business by giving back. Together, we will inspire you, fuel you, and get you going with simple action steps and strategies to grow your purpose-driven business. Our philosophy here is that we can change the world one big heart business at a time. Let's get started. This is episode number 10 of the Big Heart Business Show, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Kylie Slavic. Kylie is a story-based digital marketer with 10-plus years of experience and millions of dollars generated through her campaigns. She has pioneered integrity-driven methods of marketing in Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, copywriting, story, and video marketing. Her goal is to change the global story by changing the way we communicate through online advertising. And when she's not working towards this, you can find her at the beach. Hi, Kylie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. Yes, and it's so good to see you. Um, We've known each other, what, for the past two, three years? Three years, I think, now it's been. Probably three. Yeah, three, three, four. Hey, maybe three, four. Who knows? Who knows? Time flies, right? Um, Yes, and I'm just so excited to have you on the show, not only to share, you know, what it is you're doing in your business, but I just love your heart for giving back, and I'm really excited to dive into that part. But, you know, I'd love for you just to kind of share with our audience a little bit of what I call kind of the behind the scenes of how did you get into the work that you're doing right now, and why are you so passionate about it? I love that question because I always get to call myself an accidental digital marketer, which I think is funny, but I, but I am, you know, because I actually started in the holistic field. I was doing massage and I was doing body work and I I had this like, I want to heal the world. And what happened was I was so good at the business and marketing side of things and in a field where most people are not. So the, the local schools, the massage schools, the acupuncture schools, they started asking me, how are you building a practice? How are you getting people to come to these events? I would fill these performance poetry events or these healing events with hundreds of people. And people were just like, how is this happening? So I just started to teach the basic principles. And, you know, my mind went, hmm, this is a lot more interesting, a lot more fun, and a lot more lucrative. Mm-hmm. And I also had a background in performance poetry, and I used to do, like, slam poetry and and, and everything like that. And when you do that, you basically have, like, three minutes to tell a story that moves the audience emotionally. And when you just labor over that for hundreds of hours, like, how am I going to say the right thing in the right moment with the right inflection to transform this, to, to make these people think differently about something, to make them feel something – then when people started asking me to write their ads and to write copy, I wasn't really trained in marketing, but I was, I was very, very versed in connection and story and, and emotion. Mm-hmm. So it was just a natural transition. The very first ad I ever wrote went viral and, and I just was like, Oh, I'm onto something here, you know? And then I decided that I would really start to become a student of story in a bigger way so that I could really pass it on to people. And that's what I do now. 
Mm, that's amazing. And what do you do? You see many people using Story in the digital marketing space, or do you feel like you're kind of still a phenomenon in really using Story? I have a lot of colleagues who are brilliant storytellers, but they focus more on brand story, like the overarching brand story. Mm. There's a couple people that do email story. I am the only person that I know that can do story in every single piece of a funnel from, you know, content like blog posts to ad copy to emails to the, all the way to the sales process. I I don't know anyone else who's done all of it. There could be somebody. I just don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I, what I am noticing in the, in the coaching world and the entrepreneurial world online is a lot of people are starting to talk about it. A lot of people are knowing, you know, we need this and we need it now. And I've had a lot of phone calls from seven and eight figure business owners lately that are just saying like, our, our JV launches you know, this model is, is not working like it used to, or our ad performance is dropping. And they know that what's missing is that genuine, genuine care and connection. And they know that story is the vehicle to really communicate that. So I have been busy working on that, you know, it's great. I love it. So I think people know they need Mm -hmm. it. I think people do know that they need it and they're starting to realize more and more, we better be telling stories as a solopreneur or as a company, we need to show, we need to show our human vulnerable connected side. Yeah. And I've got so many questions about this because I just find it absolutely fascinating, but bringing up kind of that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. why do you think it's so hard for business owners to be vulnerable and to share these kind of stories that you're helping pull out of them to really build their business? I have a great anecdote about this, actually. I'm going to answer you with a story now. (laughs) Yes. Tell us a story. (laughs) So I was at this seminar a couple weeks ago in L.A. called Storynomics. A lot of the film guys are catching on to the fact that entrepreneurs will pay them more money than, like, broke screenwriters. So a lot of the the top Hollywood story consultants are moving into business consulting. So I went to a workshop with one of the top story people in the whole world, and he was talking about how corporations especially, they have a really hard time showing the side of them that's flawed or that's, that's I wouldn't say flawed, that's not flawless. Let's put it that way because we all are imperfect, right? And that's the part of us often that's more relatable and it usually even shows like why we're doing something and why we care so much, you know, because we had this experience or we had this thing happen and now we're doing this. Well, he said that the the, the most important way to share a story is from the perspective of the underdog. Mm-hmm. And and so you show that I was not always successful and I had to go through trials and I had to go through, you know, struggles and I, I had this goal and I never gave up on it and I kept trying and now I've gotten here and now I can help you. And, you know, mm-hmm. like Nike uses this story really, really well, right? And everybody goes out and wants to run or wants to buy shoes. They don't say like, we are the best shoe manufacturer in the world. You should buy our shoes, right? Because so what he was saying is people struggle because they don't want to position themselves as being sort of that underdog. They they, they want to go into like, oh, I'm great. You should buy from me. Mm. But he said that he even told us on a neuro, neuroscience perspective why you have to show that sort of underdog story. And mm. if you think about TV and screenwriting, the characters we fall in love with, they're an ordinary person that really, really wants something, they go to try to get it and they face obstacles and they overcome it. And in the process, they become great, but they don't start great. We can't start with that. So we can end with that, but we can't start with it. He said that 
the overdog is what most people want to position. Like it's, it's what we've been taught about marketing. What we've been taught about marketing is like position yourself as an expert, be the authority. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and he said that storytelling is always about somebody has a goal. They have something that they want. They go out to achieve it. They have obstacles. They overcome them. If we just show the overdog perspective, he actually said most people associate the overdog with someone who's stopping them from getting what they want in their life, like their boss or a politician or, you know, somebody that's controlling their life in some way and stopping them from getting what they want. So he said from a very, very deep unconscious level, if we start to see braggy authoritarian marketing, we're going to shut down. Our brain is going to shut down. They might be able to trick us into buying with like fear, but, but there's not going to be long-term brand loyalty. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I hear um, Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels, he always talks about like the epiphany bridge, you know, Mm -hmm. using, using that, you know, I was here and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it's kind of that visual of helping your people, your tribe, Mm -hmm. step into that vision. Is that, is that kind of what you? Yeah, because, yeah, because people don't believe in something they can't see themselves in. And Mm -hmm. he said that 98% of humans see themselves as being more of the underdog who really wants something and the decks are stacked against them. Mm -hmm. Like I'm this person and it's me against the world. And like, that's sad that we kind of see, you know, have that experience, which is kind of why I'm trying to create a more connected world. But right now we're really disconnected from each other. We're really disconnected from ourselves. And so a lot of us see each other. We see ourselves as like, I have this thing that I want and it's kind of out of reach. So if you come along and you say, oh, yeah, you can make a million dollars, nobody cares, you know. Right. And when I, tell, when I tell the story of my first Facebook ad campaign, it was we, we turned $575 into, you know, almost 70 grand, which is more than 100 times return, which is I've never really heard of that, you know. And at the time, I didn't know that was a big deal. I just thought, well, whatever, it's great that we're doing this. But when I share that story with people, it shuts them down because they're like, that's great. You can you can do that. I can't. However, when I give them more context and I tell them how untechy I am and I tell them that when I had to resize a photo, it took me an hour and then I lost my work and I cried and like that I was so fresh. You know, when I share those points of frustration along the way to making that happen, now they go, oh, like if this girl's that not smart about tech like anyone can do this right like this girl can't even place a tracking pixel on an ad so like and I can't and it's true you know so (laughs) well I think one of the things that you one of the things that really attracted to me to you was the first time I met you was in a coaching program and you were could not have been more polar opposite than the coach in the room that's probably true (laughs) and I was like wow like first of all she's so different and you were just so real about what you were good at and what you weren't. And your your vulnerability and your authenticity was so bright. And I think that can be easy for some people in person, you know, that we can be our real self when we are with somebody face-to-face. But how does somebody, or specifically entrepreneurs, how do you translate that to the online space? Because I think... What I see so many entrepreneurs, what happens is they're one person in in real life, and then they go online, and it's like, who are you? Or vice versa. You meet them in person, and you're like, oh, you're nothing like what I've seen online. Mm -hmm. Do you see that happening, and how do you help somebody Mm -hmm. really be their true, authentic self and be 100% themselves online and sharing those stories? 
Yeah, I think one of my proudest moments in business actually was when I had this operations manager and she just out of nowhere posted on her Facebook page one day that she was so happy to work for someone that was exactly the same always, you know, like in a business meeting, in a coaching call with a client on Facebook. And it's, I just never did it any other way. And I would say if someone was struggling, there's two things actually, because what happens with my clients and other people is that we're natural with our friends and we're natural as a coach or as whatever it is that we're doing, whatever our mm-hmm. super skill is, we're really natural in that context. But then we go online to market and we get all weird in marketing and we start thinking about all the weird marketing things we've learned, which really, you know, if you think about direct response advertising is a communication style that was pioneered in the early 1900s for print advertising. So it's no longer, it's still effective. It's still a multi-billion dollar industry, but it's losing its potency rapidly Mm -hmm. because people don't communicate like that anymore. That's not how we talk to each other. So it's really about, it's really about how do you just talk to someone if they're sitting in front of you? So I usually have my clients talk out their copy before they post it. Like, Hey, listen, Picture the person that you are going to be talking to, hit record on your phone, and just say what you would say to them if they're sitting right next to you. And that's, mm. that's, and then type it out. That's been an exercise that I've given people that have been blocked or on copy, and they have turned into amazing copywriters because, yeah, because it's just about dialoguing with people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope that everybody is like writing that down because that's <laughs> such a big aha. And um, I had the chance to work with you to write some, well, in that program, but then outside of that, you know, really um, writing some Facebook ads. And that was a really exceptional exercise. And to think about, you know, that real conversation. So I think that's a really big takeaway that hopefully everybody will make a note of is just to talk out that conversation and then translate it into written, into the written form. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say is, you know, this is a little bit more advanced and a little more nuanced, but in terms of the vulnerable aspect of storytelling, it's Mm -hmm. really important to keep your audience in mind. So for picking a story to tell, we want to pick a story that revolves around an obstacle or a challenge or a stuck point that your audience is having, that your ideal client is having, and share a story from your own life about that, or maybe from a client's life, or maybe just popular culture, a reference point, share a story about what they're going through. And when you really think about them first, then your storytelling becomes about service. And when you contextualize it in that, in the framework of service, it's not as hard to be vulnerable for people. Mm -hmm. You know, where I do see some people make a mistake is they just think all I need to do is be super raw and people are going to come and buy from me. And a lot of times what ends up happening is I'm like, oh, that was kind of TMI. Like people don't need it. You're not helping any, you're not helping anyone by sharing that, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's not service. That's you. That's about you having a need to be heard, which is amazing. I have a, a huge need to be heard. And I have a lot of people that I can talk to about the things that I need to talk about, but not the people I'm trying to help in their business. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's a different, it's, it's, so there's some subtleties. You may choose the same stories, but it's, it's how you're showing up in the story that makes a difference. Yeah. It's having that connection. And I always talk about like with my clients, it's like, it, you've got to come from the perspective about what's in it for them. You know, people mm-hmm. are always looking at how does this apply to me? What can I take away from it? And if you don't make that connection, they're not going to make that connection. So I feel like that's something that can get lost in storytelling is if it doesn't connect to me, I'm not going to be connected to the story. Exactly. Exactly. So, 
Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard people say, like, I don't have that rags to riches story. Like, I wasn't, you know, $100,000 in debt and hated my job. And then I, you know, got into business and now I'm a multimillionaire. Or, you know, I have a six-figure business or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stories that we hear. What would you tell somebody that maybe is struggling with that? They don't feel like they have that huge epiphany bridge or they don't feel like they have that that underdog to winner or you know however you you position it that way I would say it's amazing because that story's not even that believable to people and we're also just super immune to it we see it all the time one of the stories that I told about my online business one time that really stuck with people for a very long time was actually about how when I was living in rural Arkansas and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like like stray dogs and wild dogs and and things like that and and one day we saw a a dog in the middle a little puppy in the middle of the road that had been hit by a car and I got out of the car and we took the the person I was with we took the puppy to we figured out whose house it belonged to and they just said well we don't have any money so we're actually just gonna take the dog in and fix it ourselves and the condition of the, I won't like go into the gore, but that wasn't going to happen. There was no way that dog was going to get a home remedy and just be okay. So I actually just said, all right, let's take it to the vet and just pay for it. And I had no idea how much a vet bill would be because I never really had a pet. So I just wasn't really sure the context, but it didn't even matter. In that moment, it was just like, this is the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. because I have this freedom in my online business, not only can I just spend the day at the vet, even though I had other things to do. I also am not even worried about what the cost is going to be. Is it going to be 200, 2000? It doesn't matter. And then that story is something that people really were moved by, mm. you know? So that has nothing to do with, it has to do with freedom. Cause I know that my people want to make money because they want freedom and it has to do with compassion, which I know my people care about. So, and, and you, but you could tell stories that have nothing to even do with money. Like if you, if you if you val if you if you value freedom and your audience values freedom, then you can tell stories about what freedom means in your life. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be about the external result. That's certainly a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a very moving story, <laughs> and you're exactly right. I think that just brings up the point of using everyday experiences and being able to translate that in just like you would call your best friend and tell her about the story. Mm-hmm. How can we use that and then express mm-hmm. that to our online friends and family and tribe? I mean, whatever, you know, everybody has a different kind of languaging for that. So I think that's a really good point mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to use your everyday life. It's not always about that rags to riches story because yeah, I think it's unbelievable too. Even when you know it's true, you right. know, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that it actually has been true. But then I also feel like that gets people into kind of that comparison itis, right? They're mm-hmm. like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that, so why bother? So. And also that story, because it is a little bit shallow and only focused on externals, if people invest in you as a mentor and they don't get those results, then it's not good for your community. So you don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't really want to overpromise with your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the other piece is like, what do people really want? Most people would be happy with just a little bit more money so they don't have to drive in traffic every day. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody is looking to run a seven figure company. That's not a, always even a great life, you know? Yeah. So, so it's such a good point. <laughs> It's really, it's really about figuring out what's important to your audience and what those nuances are and really matching that with your messaging. 
Yeah, and and obviously not not all of my audience, and I know not all of your audience deals in money or business. I mean, it's health and love and relationships and totally. so many other things that we can change the world with. And I think there does get to be a lot of well, how do I tell stories that's going to move my audience that is not financially based or not freedom based. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think you've given tons of examples today on on how and why that's so important. So. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to transition into kind of talking about, and I think we've already kind of alluded to, you know, really why this, why storytelling is so important and how you talk about that being really a way to impact the world by getting people to be more authentic and more transparent. So what does that look like in your business and in your world as far as being able to give back and really make an impact? Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of things, you know, the first thing is that, I'm offering a way of marketing and a way of building businesses and a way of building your dream, really bringing your dream into the world in a way that's totally congruent with who you are. So my clients come to me and we, we don't rush. We just take our time until they're very certain that they're going to, they they really know what they want to build. And then we find a way that has probably never been done before using story, using connection, using clarity, not using systems and formulas per se, but using what's really true for them. And then when they start to build their business and get results, they're, they're, they haven't built a freedom system that's now actually trapping them, which I see all the time, especially when people start to hit six figures. They're like, oh, my God, I cannot keep this up. Like, this is the, this is the path to burnout. So that's one thing is, like, I'm really helping people create what they really, truly want and not what they think they should want. Mm. And on another, another side of things in terms of my business being really oriented towards philanthropy and social justice and environmental issues. I I knew you were wanting to also like bring in some of this stuff about the human trafficking because that's been a really big cause that I've poured a lot of energy into over the last couple, couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like because my business is about freedom mm-hmm. and there's all these people that are not free and there's a lot of people that don't even realize this is happening in America. They just think, you know, this is a third world problem and it's Mm -hmm. so rampant in America. I live in San Diego. You live in Texas. We live in like the hotspots because it's like border States have have it the worst in America. But I mean, when I drive around in San Diego, I just think like what is going on in these trucks, you know? And it's like, so bringing awareness to this issue that we're all as an entrepreneurial community, we're seeking freedom, financial freedom, mental freedom, emotional, spiritual, all these levels. And there's all these people in our town that are actually still slaves. Mm-hmm. So bringing attention to that is something that I've done a lot that I've used my platform to do. And then just raising as much money as I can through my business, through my community and that's something that I'll never stop doing. The other thing that's really important to me is, is the water, you know, the oceans and the rivers and the, mm-hmm. like, like we kind of need that to be here. And so, I, so I, it's sort of like, you know, more important than TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I, um, that's something that I, I'm super passionate about both of those. Awesome. And do you want to tell, can you share with our audience the organization that you've partnered with um, for the slavery movement? Absolutely. So my, one of my dearest friends, Brooke Axel, she is actually a trafficking survivor from Texas. So she was impacted by this in Texas in her childhood. And 
she's become one of the biggest advocates for the anti-trafficking movement in America. And she was with another organization who I supported for the last couple of years, but recently she has decided that her real gift is not hanging out in policy and legislation and fundraising, but actually just being with these girls as they're coming out of, of, mm-hmm. of trafficking. The, the biggest problem is that they don't know anything else and they don't have any job skills, right? Because a lot of them are just moved right in it in middle school and, you know, 10, 11, 13, 14. So they're coming out and they're brainwashed and, and they're like, these people love me. That's the first challenge. And the second challenge is they don't have any employable skills. And so she is in a really unique position to be able to help them in a way that a social worker and a psychologist really isn't. Now she does help them get those things because they really, really need it. They also need somebody who understands them who's been there. And she's one, you know, there's not that many that are doing this work. So, so she's doing like, I think this week, in fact, she's doing a retreat for 15 trafficking survivors. And, you know, she brings a lot of art and poetry and music and, and then tries to also get them connected with healers and mentors in the community, like get them singing lessons, get them business lessons. Mm -hmm. And so she's really, able to do something with them that most people can. And so that's, that's really aligned for me to support her through any, I support her in any and every way that I can really. Mm. And can you share with our audience what the name of her organization is? Yes, it's She Is Rising and the site is sheisrising.org. Awesome. And we'll definitely link that in the show notes as well so that um, if anybody's interested, they can check it out and, and see how they can support Brooke. So, um, well, that's amazing, Kylie. Well, I would love for you to maybe even to talk a bit a bit about um, when you think about entrepreneurs and, and especially when we think about kind of newer entrepreneurs and those that are, you know, trying to make that first six figures or working towards making that. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I'll give back when or I'll get involved when. What kind of advice or feedback would you give to somebody that might be thinking thinking those thoughts? And, and basically, I guess the, the underlying question there is why is giving back and and making an impact through organizations like you've shared so important to you? So it's multiple questions there. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mother Teresa said something about, you know, giving when it hurts to give. That's, that's, that's what's really, that's what cultivates our relationship with God and spirituality. And I know like you can resonate with this, you know, and for me, like the first thing I thought when you said that is like, well, ask God what God wants you to do around it, you know, but for people that might not, that might not land with, then I would say it's really, yeah, I mean, that is my answer and that's how I feel about it. And when I feel like I can't give something, like someone just came to me yesterday with a problem and my first thought was, you know what, you need to figure it out yourself. Cause that's where I go. You know, that's where I go if I'm not, if I'm not leaning into a power greater than myself. I can, mm-hmm. I can get a little bit like, oh yeah, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. We're kind of like, self-sufficient type people, you know, and then all of a sudden an hour later, my heart softened and my heart was like, listen, that person came to you for a reason and you have the resources to help them. And a week of groceries for this family, these two daughters and this woman is nothing to you. It's nothing to you. It's not Mm -hmm. even, it's not even going to impact your life at all. Why are you, why are you shutting down to that? You know? And, and so I'm sharing this because I catch myself in it too. And we all think we're too busy. We all think we don't have enough. We all think that, you know, we have to like, 
support ourselves and we're self-sufficient. And actually what I believe we're being called to do is, 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 is be generous and connect. And I love how Mother Teresa said it because she said, you know, give until it hurts because then there can only be love. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's what I see. So I, I think it's, it's about the world and it's about our spiritual condition. When we run around isolated thinking that we don't have enough to give and we don't have enough to share, we're not, we're never going to be happy. I can tell you I've been around people who have had everything and have been miserable, you know? And so I just, I don't think that most people want to be unhappy. So that's the first reason. We're often seeking happiness and things that aren't going to, aren't going to cut it. You know, it is in being, being of service and, and loving and sharing what we have that true happiness really comes from. And then the other thing is like, look, like this is the only world that we have, you know? And like, like, I think, most entrepreneurs value freedom. Most entrepreneurs value connection and compassion and service. And so why not use the business as a vehicle of that? It's one thing for the business to be a vehicle to take care of you, and that's great. But why not be more when we can be more? And who we mm. get to be and who we get to become in that process is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's where the real gift is. Who we get to become at the end of the day, it's like, wow, you know. I know I sometimes say when I give, you know, either financially, but really more when I even, you know, my time and when you're giving, you know, with with your time, I always walk away thinking I'm so much more filled up. I got so much more than I gave. And so it almost is a little bit selfish sometimes because I'm like, I feel so much better. And, you know, the days that I'm not really excited to show up or I'm not excited to get on video or whatever that might be, having that underlying purpose for why I do what I do is, you know, it makes the world of a difference. And I believe, and I actually believe that's just how we're designed. Like we're designed to, you know, be a vehicle for love and to be a vehicle for service and, and all of these different things. And, you know, if that doesn't land for people, I would just say like, just try it out for a day, you know, Mm -hmm. just try, just try it, see what it feels like to you, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a matter of finding like you've really found, you know, a cause and causes that you feel really passionate about and you're really connected to. And I think that's what people there's no one right organization for everybody or one right cause. And so, yeah, keep trying them out. See what you feel passionate about. Go check out the organization. And I really encourage people to do their research. And, you know, I think the fact that you have that personal connection with Brooke and I've seen you move from the organization she's with you know, previously to, you know, the one that she started. And I think that's so cool because not only do you have the connection to the cause, you also have that personal connection with Brooke. And I've Absolutely. also had, yeah. So I think that's amazing. And there's no shortage of causes to support no. in this world. You know, there's just no, no there's no shortage. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You just got to do your research. Yeah. So when you think about all the work that you're doing, Kylie, with your business, with your philanthropy with giving back what do you feel like it when you if you could just kind of simplify everything that you're doing what is that big change that you want to see in the world Mm. I want everybody to unlearn what they have learned about business and marketing and advertising and communication and actually just strip it all away and be themselves and Mm. really what I mean by because I don't know how the world needs to change but what I do know for sure is that every every single person is so important in creating that, but it's never going to happen if we're all operating on autopilot or self-doubt or, you know, doing the things because we think we should. We all have to get 100% clarity on who we are and what we're here to do. And then when when that ripple effect starts to happen, you know, 
like the way that people interact with their family will change the way that they interact with their kids and their communities, you know? And so it's like this ripple effect that goes out. And someone asked me one time, you know, I said, I'm here to change the global story. And they were like, well, what do you want it to be? And I said, well, I don't know. How am I supposed to know what it should be? Like, I don't have an agenda. It's just that what I know is that we've been fed so much garbage by the media, by corporations, by advertisers on what the story should be. The story is you're not enough. You need to do this. The story is, you know, fight for yourself and no one else matters. Like we've been given all these stories so that other people can profit from that. And what I know is that the truth is in all of us. And so I just want to really, really get rid of all that false stuff and, and help people to cultivate what their inner story is, what they want their life to be, and, and to go from there. And so for me, that's really what wakes me up and, and what I think about when I go to sleep. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's – and I like the way that you have – you know, I've not heard somebody say it that way, but that you, you know what you need to do, but you're not attached to how it looks. That's not really up to you. So I love that. That's really it's not, I'm not running on my own agenda because if I was, I would have burnout and I would be depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> That's yeah. just, I've done that before. I did that. I, about two years ago, I remember calling one of my coaches and saying, listen, like I've pretty much just built this empire of myself and, and I'm letting it go. It doesn't feel good. It's like choking my spirit. And, she was like, your business is like really rad. Like, are you sure you want to get rid of it? And I was like, yeah. And I took three months off and I just let things naturally rebuild in alignment. And there was no pushing and there was no striving and it was just listening and doing. And that's how I operate today with, of course, you know, bumps in the road. Like I shared yesterday when an opportunity of service came to my desk and I said no for a couple hours. And then I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I meant yes. I meant yes. Sorry. <laughs> Can we get a, can we just get a redo on this one? <laughs> My first instinct was wrong. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's move into lightning round. I want to ask you just a couple, couple quick questions, whatever comes sure. to, to your mind first off. So, number one, what's the best advice you've ever received? Wow, that's a great one. Okay, so the best advice I ever received is when I was work for in business was when I was working in a restaurant and there was actually a article on the wall about a chef who said, don't become, don't get in the restaurant business. Aspiring business owners don't do it. And then I was like, that's weird. So I read the whole thing and, and, uh, it was essentially about how it's such a hard business and it requires so much dedication and you should only do it if it's the only thing in the world for you because then you'll be so happy working 80 hours a week and, you know, working every holiday and making this amazing food. And you'll be so happy when you look at all the people that are having connection in your restaurant and, and all these things, right? And if that doesn't light you up, do something else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've had that advice from people over different periods of time. I wanted to be an English professor and, and uh, my professor said, don't do it because, (laughs) you know, so I think, I think that that's incredible. Like, unless it's really waking you up every morning and you're super passionate about it, you may reconsider. Now, not everybody, that advice isn't for everybody. Some people are happy with a job they don't love because it supports their family and it lets them do what they do love. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, only do your passion. But for me personally, that was the best advice because it, it helped me zero in on what I really, really love. And I wake up and do what I love every day. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so can you share with us your favorite quote, mantra or Bible verse? There's a quote 
from a book, which is my favorite book in marketing, and it's called The Winning the Story Wars. And it's the father of modern advertising, and his name is John Powers. And what he says, I can't share the exact quote, but what he says is he's talking about his ads were really amazing, and they sold so much, but they were just the truth. And the, and the businesses didn't like them, but they were like, they're making so much money. And so what he said is you need to share your business's story, and you need to share the truth. And if you can't share the truth, you need to rearrange your business until you can. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boom. Drop the yeah. mic. <laughs> Dang. And he said that a hundred years ago and they, they didn't, they, they didn't love him for that, but it's amazing anyways. Wow. That's really good. Well, you already answered the next question and I knew what your answer was going to be, but what is your favorite book? But maybe even just tell our audience a little bit about why that's, yeah. you know, your favorite book and why you recommend that. I'm yeah. recommend everybody to read it. I think I've gotten at least 400 people to read Winning the Story Wars in the mm -hmm. last couple of years. And you got to slug through the beginning. It gets really good at the end. But it's it's really about how we got to where we currently are as, as humans and how story is actually a need. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not a luxury story is a human need that we actually our brains evolved around and it's how we share meaning and it's in our DNA. It's how we, you know, like you, you mentioned Bible quotes, like what is the Bible? But, but, but like story after story after story about how people should be living. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like, Everything is story. Everything is transmitted through story. And he actually talks about why we got to the place where what he says, we are a people who have lost our story. And he talks about the digital marketer as being a person who has the story wielding power. Because, for example, I can make an ad and a million people can see it. And what do I do with that responsibility and that power? That's really the book is really a lot about that. Mm. Yeah. So I, it changed my life when I read it because I had been doing so much of this work already. But when I read that book, I realized and understood the responsibility that I actually had. And in digital marketing, not a lot of people think about that. So it's just so important to me that people understand, look, everything you put online is impacting people. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that you do, it, you're influencing people. How how are you? Are you influencing them because you're afraid you're not going to make money? So you have to like sell yourself out or are you just being truthful and knowing that everything is going to be taken care of? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great book. <laughs> yeah, clearly everybody <laughs> increase that number from 400, right? <laughs> 10,000. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so then the last question here that I have for you is what is one thing that you do every day that helps you stay into action towards your mission? Yeah. Well, I don't do it every day, but I try to exercise every day because I have a very, if you can't tell, um, a very fast moving mind mm -hmm. and I can just get myself scattered and like say yes to too many projects and lose my focus if I don't sort of burn some of the mental energy off a little bit at the gym. So I try to run or do yoga or, or walk or hit the beach up every day to ground so that mm -hmm. I can stay focused. For me, it's not about... I don't have a problem getting into action. I have a problem with like too much. So staying grounded is very, very important to me. Mm, that's a good point. Kind of what, whatever the balance is, either mm -hmm. having, you know, stepping away from work or getting into the action that needs to be done. Cause sometimes I think it can be, we, we as entrepreneurs, we want to do the things that we really like to do and yeah. we don't like to do those other things. 
So totally, you know, yeah. totally. And I've I've brought on some help for that. So that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you have a hard time getting into action, then maybe also yeah, find what you don't love and see if someone else can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Delegating is pretty powerful, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I mean, I think you are definitely the epitome of a business owner with a big heart. Um, I love the work that you're doing in the world, and it's been so fun to watch you transition over the last couple of years as we've gotten to know each other. And um, I really, you know, admire the work that you're doing with the anti-trafficking organizations, and it, it really does inspire me to do more, um, to be able to get more involved and to truly have that passion behind the work that you're doing um, the philanthropy work that you're doing and really just, you know, sharing your message of really helping not just entrepreneurs, but people be more authentic and have more integrity and be them true, their true selves. Because I think, like you said before, it's just going to have that ripple effect into every area of our life and the world. So um, I hope that everybody that watch or list, watches or listens to this show, you know, really takes away some big some big ahas and then can put those into action. You know, don't just listen to this show and, you know, think it was a great show, but actually take what Kylie has shared with you and think about how you can start doing things differently, whether it's like she mentioned, you know, talking out your story, how you would talk to a potential client or, you know, reading the book that she gave you or, you know, something about what we shared today and put that into action because that's the point of this show is we want, we want more entrepreneurs that do have big hearts really to be more successful so that we can change the world. Absolutely. So again, Kylie, I just appreciate you being here and I'd love for you just to share with our audience. Um, what, what's the best spot that they can connect with you online? Sure. So they can always find me on Facebook and my website, KylieSlavic.com has some, just some cool videos and things like that. Yes. And I highly recommend everybody go and check out Kylie's brand new website. It's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. And I think it really has captured exactly who Kylie is and what she stands for. So I definitely recommend everybody checking that out. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. And until next time, we will see you on the next show. And y'all have a great afternoon, evening, or morning. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Heart Business Show. If you know someone that could benefit from this information, I would so appreciate it if you shared the love. And make sure to subscribe to this channel and leave a review. One last thing, if you're ready to fuel your Big Heart Business with a consistent flow of cash and clients, head on over to terryshepherd.com forward slash free guest to access a very special video series I created just for you. And don't forget, we are changing the world one big heart business 